Genesis chapter 30 and verses 25 through 43. I'm going to uh, probably not read all of that, but it will be up on the screen. And some of that will get too small for you to read, but at least you'll know kind of where we're at. We're in Genesis chapter 30, so you can pull your Bibles out and follow along this morning. I am going to read this first one. Um, After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you. I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, Name your wages and I will pay them. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you for Genesis and for all of these stories of people that really seem so much like us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to learn from them. I pray, Father, today that you would help us, Lord, to take some truth away from the life of the patriarch Jacob and apply it to our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit with words that I don't even say this morning, that you would clearly communicate to us at each one of our points of need. And we just ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So Jacob is there. He's already been over there, away from his family for 14 years. He's worked for those 14 years for his wife, Rachel. The first seven years, he ended up working for Leah, remember? And then he worked another seven years to get Rachel, who he thought he'd worked for the first time around. Jacob now thinks it's time for him to go back to the promised land. It is time for him to return to the land that God had promised to Abraham and to Isaac and now to Jacob. He wants to provide for his own family. He's been really building up the the estate and the the inheritance and the family wealth of Laban, his father-in-law. But he wants to start on his own. He's got all of these children and he needs to take care of his own family. And so Jacob has a very appropriate conversation with Laban. He doesn't just take off. He he goes and he talks to Laban and says, I think it's time for me to leave. And I'm willing to leave with just my wives and children. I don't don't need anything else. I'm just going to take off and start taking care of my own family. Jacob tells Laban, that he's worked and he's been a good worker. He reminds him that he's willing to walk away from 14 years of work in order to go back to the promised land. And he he was really letting Laban know that he was getting a good deal by just letting him go because he'd worked and really had nothing for himself to show for it except for his family. It was really an act of faith. And this is the first time really in the life of Jacob that you begin to see Jacob grow and become really a man of faith. And he is willing to leave everything he knows to go back 
to the land of Israel, what would be the land of Israel, and start over, even at his older years of age. Jacob steps out of his comfort zone with nothing but his family, and he trusts that God will provide for him. And that's what he was willing to do, except for Laban, however, knew that it was in his best interest to keep Jacob there. Laban knew that God had blessed him because Jacob had been there. And one of the things I would want to say from that this morning to us is that a Christian should desire and pray for God's blessing upon the people that they work for. Jacob had indeed been a blessing to Laban. Even though Laban had been kind of a crook, even though he had changed the wages ten times over the years and all of that, Jacob had been a good, solid, responsible worker for him. And Laban knew that it was not good for Jacob to leave him. It was not good for Jacob to move away. God had been blessing him because of Jacob. So Laban offers Jacob a blank check. Tell me what you want for wages and I will pay it. Notice that Laban didn't say anything about back wages. He didn't say anything about making the last 14 years right. He was just, from now on, if you want something to stay here, I will do whatever it takes to keep you here with me. (laughs) The problem was that Jacob and Laban were both known for schemes and deception. Jacob knew very well that he could not trust Laban. Laban could promise him the world to stay, but that didn't mean that Laban would live up to it. John Calvin writes, he refers to Laban as a sly old fox. (laughs) It was not likely that working for wages for Laban would work out very well for Jacob, and so Jacob has his own plan. But this time... This was not just a plan that Jacob had. If you go to the next chapter, you will find out this was a plan that God gave Jacob. And you see another step in the development of Jacob's spiritual life. Jacob had gotten to the place where he was willing to listen to God and let God lead him. Jacob says to Laban, You know how I have worked for you and how your livestock have fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? And Jacob builds a case for himself before Laban. Notice that Jacob had built, or that God had built into Jacob the character of perseverance. Fourteen years of good, consistent, hard work for a man he could not trust. But Jacob did it for 14 years. God had built into Jacob that kind of character and perseverance and hard work. That seldom pays off in the short term. 
Hard work seldom pays off right away. Character seldom pays off right away. Perseverance seldom pays off right away. Today, your life may not be fair. Keep doing the right thing. Keep working hard. Keep your integrity and your character. Someday, it will pay off. It takes time. Jacob persevered for 14 years. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we feel helpless to fight against. People take advantage of us. The big question for us is then, how will we respond to that? Jacob did two things here. First, he didn't blindly fall into Laban's trap. He didn't, when, when, Jake, when Laban said, I'll pay you anything that you want, Jacob didn't just jump at that. He was careful not to fall into a trap. Secondly, Jacob trusted God to provide for him and to protect him against Laban's schemes. Jacob reminded Laban that he'd worked hard, faithfully, for 14 years. That he had been the one that cared for Laban's livestock as if they were his own. He reminded Laban that God had blessed him wherever he had put Jacob in charge of his livestock. Laban's livestock prospered. Jacob indeed had a good work ethic. God's blessing seldom comes without a good work ethic. But a good work ethic by itself is not enough. A work ethic alone is no guarantee, but without work, you can just about guarantee no prosperity. The way Laban had treated Jacob, Jacob could have had very good reason to be lazy. After three or four years of working for a crook, <laughs> Jacob could have thought, well, I think I can cut some corners here. He didn't. He just kept doing what was right. He kept working hard. The word that Jacob uses here, increased, is a word that literally means to break forth. Jacob says, your flocks broke forth, multiplied. It suggests a dam where water continues to build up until the dam cannot hold it anymore and it bursts and the water lets loose into a flood. And that is what had happened to Laban's little sheep operation after Jacob began to take control of Laban's sheep. God had blessed it and it burst forth in abundance and had grown into a very lucrative business for Laban. So, the scripture would ask us this morning, what are you trusting in to prosper? What are you trusting in to get ahead? What do you have to lose by trusting God? 
these, especially in the agricultural area, have not, this has not been a good year. <laughs> we have a lot of concerns about what next year is going to be like. Some of you have just been diligently <laughs> working and planting and hoping that someday <laughs> the snow will stop and you'll be able to finish harvest. And the ground will freeze so you can drive your combines on it. <laughs> and, and all of that. Um, and some of you have been working and you just barely struggle to get ahead and survive. And Jacob and the scripture here, it asks us, what, are, what do you really trust in to get ahead? And my question is, what do you have to lose by doing the things God wants you to do and trusting him to provide for your needs and praying when you have a need? So often, we go to trying to meet our own needs and before we've even prayed, before we've even taken it to God, before we've ever had the dream that Jacob had that God gave him instruction on how to prosper and what he should propose to Laban. I must move on. Jacob very clearly said it was time for him to do something for himself to Laban. And, and Jacob is, is setting Laban up for his own um, suggestion. Something other than wages. Laban asks, what shall I give you? Jacob says, don't give me anything. <laughs> Jacob doesn't want something for nothing. He wants to earn it. He offers Laban a sweet deal based on shares rather than wages. He will keep tending the flocks and he will separate the speckled or the spotted goats or the dark colored sheep and they will be his wages. Now that doesn't make hardly any sense to us at all when we read the story. Um, and, and quite honestly, it didn't make much sense to me most of the weeks. <laughs> Hopefully, it will make sense as I present it this morning. <laughs> but I'm not convinced it will. <laughs> In the Middle East, all sheep are usually white, and all goats are solid brown or black. And then there are about 2% in both sheep and goats that are not that. So when I say all, I'm talking about 98% of sheep are white. And about 98% of goats are brown or black. And solid. And Jacob here proposes something that is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, this is the reason Laban goes, oh yeah, I'll take that deal. Because Jacob says, you, I'll, I'll just take the ones that are spotted. I'll take the 2%, and those will be mine. How many of you have ever thought about a 2% deal, getting rich, rich scheme off a of 2%? <laughs> But that's what God had told Jacob to do. It made no sense at all. 
But Jacob exercised enough faith in God to believe that what God had told him to do, as ridiculous as it sounded, God was going to prosper it and God was going to bless it. <laughs> Again, it didn't make much sense. But Abraham's promise... The promise that God had made to Abraham was now resting on Jacob where he says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And Laban's dishonoring of Jacob was about to come back on him. Laban, he simply says, agreed. This is a great deal. Let it be as you have said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them and all the dark colored lambs and he placed them in the care of his sons and then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. So Laban takes the deal that Jacob has offered to him, but he does three things to make it even sweeter for himself. <laughs> Remember, he's a schemer. So, and he's not content with 98%. He wants just a little bit better than that. So Laban, first of all, he decides he doesn't really trust Jacob to be the one who separates them. And he goes and he does it himself. And he calls out the sheep mongrels from the speckled and spotted, and he does it. Secondly, Laban puts his own sons in charge of the flocks. And the, except for the ones that Jacob runs. Third, Laban expects Jacob just to cheat him by interbreeding, so he separates them by three days' journey so that Jacob can't interbreed between his flocks and, and Laban's flocks and all of that. Laban claims to believe that God has blessed him through Jacob. But when it comes right down to the bottom line, Laban still believes that Jacob got ahead by cheating. And that the only way Jacob could still get ahead was by cheating. Laban did not believe in the blessing of God. But Jacob was coming around to believe in the blessing of God. Derek Kidner says the next passage is, is, is something that we even have a harder time understanding. Um, and, and that is because Jacob takes some fresh cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and st strips some of them so that some are stripped and spotted and all of that kind of stuff. And he puts them by the uh, water troughs where the animals mate and all of that. And um, when they look at those... They bear, the, uh, they bear offspring like the, the wood that they've looked at. Now that makes no sense at all to us at all, but Derek Kidner says that in displaying the, stri the stripe rods at breeding time, Jacob was acting on a very common belief that a visual aid to sheep and goats um, affected their conception in such a way that it would leave a mark on the embryo. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that, that was just common Middle East um, conception. And again, it makes no sense to us, but that's what he was acting on. And so Jacob uses that popular superstition in such a way so that Laban would think that Jacob was becoming prosperous by following the superstition instead of being prospered again by God. <laughs> It was a ridiculous superstition, but Laban bought into it. Jacob knew, however, the whole time that it was not the branches being striped or speckled and what the sheep saw when they were mating that made the difference in terms of his, the offspring of his sheep. Jacob knew that God was blessing him and Laban was over there just scratching his head. God was blessing Jacob, but Jacob was also working hard and smart. He made sure the healthiest stock bred offspring that would be his and that the weaker animals eventually breeded, breeded with other weaker animals and those ended up being Laban's. And Laban's sweet deal was becoming Jacob's sweet deal the longer it went. And at the end of 14 years, Jacob had nothing, was ready to leave with his family and go back to home. But at the end of 20 years, God had blessed Jacob, God had prospered Jacob, and, and he was preparing him to leave for the promised land to Abraham's land and to his descendants with a great deal of wealth. What this story raises for us is the question that, that we need to ask ourselves. Do we trust God to be faithful to honor our work ethic even when our employers do not recognize it? Secondly, do we trust God to be faithful in our work ethic even when it isn't paying off in the short term? Do we trust God to be faithful to his promises to us to provide for us? Do we look to God when, when we're short of resources and don't know how to make ends meet and all of that? What do we trust in? Is our first response is, oh, I have to go do something. Or do we pray? I mean, we need to work hard. But do we pray and look to God for some guidance and some direction as to what do we do next? Do we bring God into that realm of our lives? God wants to be brought into that realm of our lives. Again, I want to ask you this question. What do you have to lose by trusting God with your resources? with what you do for work and trusting God to prosper you and to bless you against all the odds. Do we really believe that we can provide for ourselves better than God can provide for ourselves?
I think for a lot of Christians, we really believe that we can do a better job than God can do. And I think for a lot of Christians, that needs to change.